Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we take a look at Utah beating up on their rivals in Colorado and looking ahead to the Pac-12 Championship game. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. In person. Hey, right? it's good to be back. It's, it's been a while since it we've has. seen you. It's going to be a big night. We got everybody here. <laughs> and we got Scott. What's up? Big week. Big week for the Utes. Going to the Pac-12 Championship game this coming Friday. We have tickets. We're going. Super stoked about that. In preparing for this show, I went back and listened to a couple of our episodes that we've done this year. And Scott, I'm going to throw you under the bus. You pretty much said Utah would not be going to Vegas. I did. I'll I'll own that because... After game three, who who would have thought that this would happen? <laughs> well, it, honestly, I think we all kind of felt like that. Uh, but yeah, I went back and listened to a couple um, episodes that we put out, and what a different what a different spot this program is from the end of September. Uh, just a night and day difference, and 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 here we are after all of that. We're now co champs with BYU in the Pac twelve South. <laughs> Congrats to the Cougars. I mean, what a, what well a done. Hey, they're hanging the banner. Hey, f- five wins. You know, still three under under the Utes, but hey, we'll give it to you just because you tried hard. And you're that desperate. <laughs> the de facto Pac-12 South title. All right. So, I mean, obviously Utah beat Colorado this past week, 28-13. Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this game. They pretty much slept walk that <laughs> Utah didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on this game. <laughs> I I mainly want to get into the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, but let's 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 do a quick summary. A quick summary. Uh, Utah did not care one crap about that game. And you know what? I don't think Colorado did either. <laughs> I mean, sixty-four yards rushing, eighty-four through the air. I mean, come on. I know our defense is playing at a high level, but give me a break. Yeah, that 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 was bad and you got to give the defense credit though. That was uh outside of the the pick on the first series of the game and they get into field goal range and um special teams and sucking special, it up again. The special teams touchdown. Uh, they didn't do it. They did nothing. Special teams remembering their special. <laughs> what is up with special teams? I don't I mean, know. As much as I love Sharif Shah, I think he the, is not a special teams the, coach. The only answer is Kyle took it back for the Oregon game. It, things went well, and he said, "All right, Sharif, I'm giving I'm giving the keys back to you." And Sharif 
quickly drove into oncoming traffic. I, I, I don't I don't know. There's just they're so inconsistent. I, it's just hard to it's hard to fathom. And it, and the one they ran back, he was kicked five yards deep in the end zone, and they still ran it back. And and we had dudes that drilled him, but just didn't wrap up. Uh, yeah, they they literally hit him into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Kyle said. That three guys missed their tackles, and the third one really bumped and pushed him into right the, in the hole, right into the gap where he took off. Oh, and then uh, I think it was noise. He he was the last attempt. And his dive, I think he went backwards on his dive. Because <laughs> at one point I thought, oh, he could get him. And then when he dove, he was like 10 feet short. <laughs> it was bad. I don't know how he did it, but he did. Oh, and then I I still don't know what happened on that field goal. Was it blocked or was that just a bad kick? It was, it was blocked, but I okay. think it, it looked kind of like it just came out low. And even on the next PAT, they got through that. They got through the front of the line pretty quickly. I think Wit needs it back for the <laughs> the championship game. Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous that the special teams is gonna blow it for us. <laughs> um, I with this Colorado game, I will give Wit credit because he said after the game, "Yeah, it, it's hard to get up for a game like this." I uh, I like that he was honest about it. Said they didn't have the juice like they did the week prior. No. And so. Well, that's just natural not to. There was nothing on the line for this game. Oh, 100%. You could lose the game and you're still playing this week. Well, even even if there was something on the line, it still would have been hard after such an emotional um, game where, the, I mean, the crowd was insane. I mean, it was just, you were such a high after that game. You're going to come back down and you're going to have. That's why they. That's why they always say. I mean, <clears throat> those types of emotional games, when it's followed up by a kind of a lesser opponent, it's a trap game. Mm-hmm. And and it's it most certainly was. And granted, obviously, it didn't matter ranking. Or I I should say, it mattered ranking wise. It did not matter really in the in the South race. But a loss there would have been really embarrassing <laughs> heading into the Pac-12 <laughs> oh, yeah. title game. Uh, one thing I, I didn't want to talk about, uh, Scott, you and I kind of t- talked about this after the game in the stadium. Uh, Cam Rising, fourteen of twenty-three, hundred seventy-nine yards, three touchdowns, but a pick. And it just kind of seems like the last couple games, he just it doesn't seem like Rising has been playing. At the level he has been the last couple games, no, he hasn't. He hasn't been overly sharp. Um, I mean, you, you go back the last the last two to three games, and Britton Covey and Solomon Enos are your only two wide receivers that are getting catches. Now that obviously still very productive at the tight end position, and even to an extent, uh, you know, some of the running backs. But uh, not a lot of targets for Devon Vele, which really surprises me of all guys. You know, Theo Howard has kind of been one of those where he'll get some looks here and there, but he hasn't been super consistent over the course of the year getting getting looks. I'm just surprised Devon Vele is not, we're not targeting him more. Well, I, I kind of, it doesn't seem like he's on the field as much as he was. I know Enos is back, and I think Vele got a lot of run when Enos was injured. Um, but I, but Vele doesn't seem to be getting targets when he's out there, but not even out there as often. Yeah, and 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 obviously, 
you know, the focus is the run game, and mm-hmm. and in the passing game, the focus is to the tight ends, and you can't really argue that because of how productive they're being offensively. Um, but I just think Oregon, and and we'll get we'll get into this here in a little bit, but we're gonna have to show some things in this game that we have not done, and we're gonna have to be productive in the passing game. So that, that that is a concern, Cam, and that that's something that I think uh, I think we'll address, and and I, obviously I think Utah's going to address going into this game. But Cam Rising definitely needs to come out sharper. I mean, even even in the Oregon game, he had two throws that could have been picks in that Oregon mm-hmm. game that that could have changed that game pretty quickly. And, and and well, you say that there's that one on the goal line in the second quarter that should have been picked on honestly i don't know why it wasn't well two, two really at the goal line one in the the north end zone and one in the south um you know just not great decisions overall he he, he is making really good decisions but there is a few times a game that you kind of scratch your head and go what were you thinking there and you saw that against colorado again so he he's got to be a lot sharper um and and in this type of moment you're gonna get you're gonna get a very focused team. Uh, looking at the rushing attack for Utah, I mean, Tevion Thomas again, uh, just another phenomenal game. Twenty five carries, one hundred forty two yards, uh, one TD. I can I just say I'm actually surprised that Tevion didn't walk. It's only a sophomore. He hasn't even played a complete season at Utah. I mean, I, he did say he did basically sit the first three games of the year because he every chance he got he kept fumbling. Well, and I say that because uh, and obviously not everyone. Kyle said that not everyone that walked underclassmen are, are going to leave. Uh, they might kind of test the waters, get a draft grade, and and then make that decision. I, I guess I'm just a. I was surprised and a good surprise. Well, that there's not even that kind of out there at the moment well and i think that's part just because of the running back position i mean you look at zach moss who had four years of film and and still only was a second round pick right so the running back position teams know that they can get good running backs late in the draft they're not spending high draft picks on them and and he doesn't have much film he he's been extremely productive but there i don't i'm not sure there's a enough out there that nfl gms are gonna say yeah he's our guy moving forward um, obviously, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, uh, I think that's good news that, that he'll be back. And another phenomenal athlete there, TJ Pledger finishes with 103 yards. Uh, TJ did walk. Do you guys think he's back? I did prior to that video they put out that he was included in, in the walking commencement. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of. I didn't anticipate him being one that would walk either, but uh, I, I kind of envision him as one to just that's testing the waters, and if that grade isn't where he wants it to be, he, he'll be back. Or he knows he's only got one more year, and he wants all the reps somewhere, and he's looking for a starter role somewhere else. I don't. He's already transferred once, though. Yeah, but there's not even rules in college football anymore. I mean, <laughs> but, these guys but, can do whatever they want. But look at this. E- Tavion's getting 142. Pleasure's getting over 100. Y- you can still. Oh, for sure. You can still 
be good enough as the as the running back number two. Well, especially when you're playing at a place like Utah that loves to run the ball and they do it really, really well. You are taking somewhat of a risk if you're saying, "Hey, you know, I want to go to a uh, a Mountain West team or or some other some other destination." You you don't really know what you're getting. You don't um, know what the offensive line's like where you're going. Exactly. So so it is a bit of a risk, but again, we don't know. We don't know if he'll be back or not. Um, whether he comes back or not, I mean, th- this running back room is stacked. You've got Ricky Parks, who was a big big commit out of Florida who uh, redshirted this year. You've got Jalen Glover, who's an enormous recruit out of Florida. Um, He'll be a true freshman next year. Um, I mean, if anything, I I almost think Mika Bernard is is the swing option here of that group. I would not be surprised to see um, Mika Bernard look elsewhere. Just because he's, we know he's talented. He's a good running back, and mm-hmm. when he gets in there, he produces. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really get an opportunity in that game, but he fits the bill. He's got great speed, um, and and being number third, third on that depth chart, I'm sure that That's doesn't tough. sit well with him. No. Uh, and I mean, obviously, there's still some, two more games left for the Utes, and uh, I'm sure not all the decisions have been made for those underclassmen, but I'm pretty sure it's safe to say Devin Lloyd uh, will not be coming <laughs> back, and he, that will be, he'll be missed on the, that, that defensive side. He will be missed. And, and we'll just think back a couple of years ago when the Manny Bowen transferred from Penn State, and we thought, oh, here, good linebacker, and he bails, and we've got this true freshman that uh, was going to step in, and we were all like, oh, boy, and look where, I mean, what a stud! Well, and, and he was he was good out of the gates too. He was. Mm-hmm. It it really. I mean, he's he's obviously gotten better year over year since he's been here, but he was pretty darn good in that 2018 season, um, which ended up being really important to uh, for that uh, that year and and uh, his role in the defense. But I'll tell you, man, he is he is you, when you just watch him play. I mean, he stands out so far, even above the rest of the guys on the defense. It it doesn't look fair. He's so quick to the ball. He's so quick at, at at reading what the offense is doing. He just reacts and he's there and he makes plays. He hits people. He wraps them up. If he doesn't wrap them up, it doesn't matter because they're still on the ground. I mean, he's just he is he is a next level talent. So my my question though, it uh, linebacker though, is Sewell. A guy that's just going to test the waters. That's a good question because I that's I expected him back. I did too, but yeah. uh, I think I don't know his age, but he, I think he's I think he's older. I don't think he's Brink Covey old. Nobody really is, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, you wonder if he, if he's to the point saying, "Hey, you know, I I want a shot at the NFL, and before I get any older, I'm going to take it," or or maybe he just wants to move on to that next phase of life. Or, or he's just testing the waters, and obviously we're not breaking any news or giving you, giving any <laughs> insightful information here. But I was I was a little surprised to see to see him uh, walking as well. If they if they both go, that's a that's even a bigger hole to fill. I mean, we Karini Reed obviously has some playing time, and and we saw his potential. But beyond that, 
I think the linebacker room seemed to be pretty deep, but a lot of those guys didn't see action this year. None of the Calvert boys. Um, no, I think the only other one was Hayden Fury. Hayden Fury, and yeah, I mean you've you've got you've got a lot of young talent, but it's exactly that. It's young talent, and it, I think if 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 Sewell ends up leaving, and you got two two to three brand new starters next year. I think I think you will see Utah um, take a look at the linebacking position in the portal to try and get at least one experienced guy to come in and and help help the young guys. I think there was some talk about even Cole Bishop moving to linebacker possibly too. Cole Bishop plays pretty much wherever he wants at this point. He just makes plays. <laughs> no, yeah, he, and, and you know baller. what? That's what I love about him is because as good as this defense has become. We don't we don't force turnovers, right? It just we just don't. It's been like a month since we've since we forced a turnover, and in part is we just don't have enough playmakers. I know Bishop's young, but he kind of, he's that guy that just he's gonna make plays. I know I know he hasn't forced those turnovers yet, but he's the type of guy that is going to grow into that player that can make those impactful plays. That, that this defense really needs. Uh, some news that kind of broke this week. Uh, true freshman quarterback Peter Costelli is entered in the transfer portal. What do you guys make of that? I'd leave too if Rising had three years <laughs> ahead of me. <laughs> see, see, do you think Rising's not going to be here? Th- no, he's, he's not, not here. Not. I think next year's Rising's at. Really? Yeah. I don't see he, that. He's old too. He was in the same recruiting class as Justin Fields, who just completed his rookie season in the NFL. He's not going to stick around two more years. Well, this is his third year at Utah, and he's only a sophomore. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, he's he's getting up there. And if he has if he has aspirations for the next level, he's got to pull the trigger sooner rather than later. I just think that's something that, as college football fans, as Utah fans, you just kind of got to get used to now. Um, I know that's been said a lot about the transfer portal, um, but I think we're really going to start seeing that year after year after year where guys can be highly talented, highly, you know, star level recruit and bounce after one year if they're not starting, especially that quarterback position. So it's just, it, it, it's crazy, but it's a new part of college football and it's a part that so far this coaching staff has taken advantage of. Uh, they, I mean, Cam Rising, perfect example. He was a transfer. Um, but I, I think that's that you're going to have to deal with that as a coaching staff, and it's how do they deal with that moving forward when you can bring in a four-star quarterback, but they're going to leave. Yeah, and we've already seen that with Tuttle. But in the, obviously, Tuttle didn't pan out to a four-star quarterback or even after he left here. So, well, that's the thing you never do know. And, and these, all, these kids all think they're it. They think they're the guy. And when they don't get that opportunity early, they want to look for it somewhere else. I mean, Cam Rising did the same thing at Texas, right? He, he was, he spent one year at Texas, didn't get the job. And, and we benefited from that. Jaquid and Jackson, same thing. And, and, you know, hopeful, hopefully that, you know, there's rumors out there about, about him and whether he'll be back at Utah next year, obviously nothing, nothing set in stone. And we don't, we don't know the answer to that. And hopefully he is, but uh, I mean, if you lose two quarterbacks to the transfer portal, 
then you have a hard time because who who's going to want to come transfer in behind Cam Rising? That's probably when, not a lot yeah, of guys. That's when you hope Cam Rising's here for two more years, or you can develop a younger guy. Well, and, 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 and you're going to have to. And they have two quarterbacks committed yep, in this class, two high school kids. But but again, in that worst case scenario where you lose two, one of those guys ends up being your backup next year. Yeah. Do you want a true freshman as your backup? And, that, and that's typically it's not a great situation. And that's where I was going is is, is while you have rising here you're going to lose depth and you don't want to lose that depth especially ones that have been in the program that have learned the offense yeah it'll be interesting to see I, you know i we're we're definitely going to lose some ourselves i think i think we probably lose more than we have in the past this year in the transfer portal um but like always Kyle Whittingham and the staff they're going to be aggressive they've been successful doing it and any holes that are either created or that currently exist will be addressed through the portal. Yeah. So don't get too low. Don't get too high with the portal. Because at the end, I think everything kind of evens out. Well, right. And if you, you know, you don't count your chickens before they hatch, obviously, but with, with the potential win of the Pac 12 championship and then the go, if that happens, going to the Rose Bowl, that helps your recruiting big time, even in the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. Oh, and especially if when you when you look at the talent that's coming back for next year and the potential there is to make another run at the Pac-12 championship game, um, and and guys in the portal wanting to take advantage of that. Um, I know we kind of went sidetracked from <laughs> from the Colorado game, uh, but those because it was the last game and they're they're recognizing the seniors. And a lot of the juniors, uh, that's just kind of been on my mind. And 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 kudos to to Kyle. Uh, I know there's a lot of programs that don't recognize juniors because it is a senior thing. Um, but I, I kudos to to Kyle to kind of you know let those players like a Britton Covey get that recognition that they deserve, whether they're back or not. And, and and the ones that are testing the waters, just let them get let them get that fan recognition. Uh, so just a big thanks to Kyle for doing that. Thank you, Kyle. Love you, dog. We're up against the break. When we come back, uh, let's just start diving into the Oregon Ducks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
That's right, Utah fans. The Utes are going duck hunting again. In less than two weeks after Utah destroys the ducks, I'm jacked for this game. Oh my gosh. Let's I go. I am jacked. Scott's about ready to hit the bathroom. He's so nervous. <laughs> I'm ready to are I'm ready n- I'm ready to jump in the car right now and are, drive. Are you nervous about this game? Oh, I'm nervous. I've been nervous since Saturday he, evening. He texted us on Saturday and said he was already oh, nervous. Yeah, and, and we didn't even that. know who they were playing oh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm jacked. I'm so ready. I'm ready to witness Utah football history. And I'm nervous that it may not happen. <laughs> <laughs> but if it does, we're going to be there to witness it. Oh, my gosh. Come on, Utes. You got to do it. <laughs> what happens if you storm the field in an NFL stadium? They tase you? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they probably, they probably tase you. <laughs> so you hey, but I'm willing to find out. <laughs> so UW Oregon 38-7. to and really, that game, Utah didn't do anything that special. They just played well, their game. We did run it down their throats pretty, pretty specially. Well, I, yes. What I meant by that is there was no trick plays. There were, there was none of this double reverse passes. They, you know, kind of caught Oregon by surprise. Not yet. There was. There isn't. <laughs> Get ready, ducks. TJ Pledger kind of alluded to the fact that we haven't seen a lot of stuff yet. Oh, man. Guys, I'm so jacked. I don't know that I've ever been this excited and nervous at the same time. He's not riding in my car. (laughs) I kind of think this is a different game than the previous two. Um, For me, I think the, the first one against Washington, right? It was just like... Utah's happy to get there, right? Happy to finally represent the South. Which in that happened game. to be our best performance. They, the had all, they had all the injuries um, going into that game. And then when they went up against Oregon in 2019, I, I think I, I was almost kind of like happy to be there kind of feel. I think it's shifted where no, uh, now it's kind of okay, expected to I, win. I, I, I'm going to back you up on 2019. Utah was favored in that game. We were, win, we're in the playoffs. playoffs. We were not happy to be there. Utah, I totally agree. 2018, you're happy to be there. You finally won the South. Let's see what happens. All right. You lost. You didn't have a starting quarterback. You didn't have your starting running back in Zach Moss. Expectations were not over the moon that you go beat a Washington team in 2018. Expectations had changed drastically because in 2019, Oregon was good. They weren't great, especially in that mm-hmm. regular season. They struggled. They struggled at USC. They they struggled and lost at ASU, and 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 they just didn't look overly dominant. And so going into that game, Utah was completely dominant in 2019. Going into that game, the last half of the season, they were blowing everybody's doors off. And I think they went into that game thinking they were going to do the same thing and they yeah. were probably overconfident. And and I'll tell you when um when Blackman put that hit on the running back out of the backfield on that first series 
I thought, man, we are sending a message. We are rolling these dudes tonight. And then we got rolled. (laughs) (laughs) It it was ugly. It was was painful to watch that night. It was because that wasn't a Utah team we had seen all year long. And it's just like they. They had no answer for anything. Well, offensive line was atrocious. No run game. Huntley really didn't do anything spectacular in that game. Mm-hmm. And it was just I mean, another blocked punt. Um, it all started then, guys. It all started that day, that fateful night in 2019. But, it's time uh, we break the curse. It is. It is. And, and break the curse, you say, Ryan. Well, good news, you fans. We've we've been talking, right? There's there was the November curse for many years where Utah struggled when when the calendar turned from October to November. And if you remember, we we had a friend from uh from down south, far down south, Fernando come on and and he helped us break the curse, the November curse. Well, we're 0-2 in the title games. I think we got to break that curse now, too. It's only right. And there's only one man that can do it. He did it once. He'll do it again. Our boy, Fernando. Let's get him on the line. Fernando, are you there? This is Evangelist from the press. Fernando, we're, we're 0-2 in the Pac-12 title game. What needs to happen? What? Wh- how can we break this? I'm going to be praying for everyone victim of witchcraft curses. Well, we're in luck because that's what we need, Fernando. If you are suffering under a witchcraft curse, I want to pray for you today in Jesus' name for your deliverance. Thanks, Fernando. That was... I just feel better already. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we shouldn't laugh at prayer. Guys... If you haven't if you haven't had a chance yet, go to cursebreak.com. Fernando is gonna get this out of our system. So Fernando, what what else do you have to say? By revenge, I say, broken off by the power of the Holy Spirit, I come in, come out of them, come out of them. Every evil spirit attached to them that came through witchcraft. He the curse is gone, folks. <laughs> Fernando! It doesn't matter what they're wearing. It doesn't matter what time the game's at. After after that, I challenge the Utes to wear camo jerseys. Anything you want to end with, Fernando? Say thank you, Jesus. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm feeling pretty good about things. All you naysayer Utah fans, superstition is, it's gone. It's over. And and that's what we're here for, you fans. And as we were preparing for the podcast, it was almost as if Fernando was speaking to us, trying to send us a message that it would all be okay. Ease is pain. Ease is pain. Ease is pain. It's east, Fernando. It's east. <laughs> All right, Utah fans. I feel like we've we've done our part to help break this curse, this hex that's been placed upon us. After all of this, this house is clear. I have exercised the demon. Well, I feel kind of like a new man. Well, now that we have successfully broken the championship curse, we've officially broken it. I I just. A big shout out to Fernando. I know how busy he is, and 
for him to take time out to 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 break the curse for Utah that that means a lot. He's thinking about us, and it means a lot. It 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 gets you. It gets you right here, guys. Right here. I mean, this getting a little emotional. Utah is a worldwide program, apparently. I mean, even down in the the world is our campus. <laughs> but we but we need to break down the game a little bit because I think. Uh, as much as we feel and loved the dominance Utah showed in the last game, we know we'll see a different Oregon team this week. Most definitely. Oh, I mean, Utah's ruined their playoffs. Yeah, and and embarrassed them. On national television. In front of 4.5 million viewers on that fateful Saturday evening. Yeah, it did not go well for them. And you know... You know, I was I was kind of hoping that they would just come out and lay an egg against Oregon State, and and they didn't. Oregon State did not play well, and it still ended up being you know a close game down the stretch. So, um, I'll tell you though, I it's going to be a different game, but I think I still think I still think we come out on top on this. I know there's a lot of talk out there. It's tough to beat two team, uh, beat a team twice in a season, let alone twice in 11 days. It's not easy. Our first trip to the championship game in 2018, Washington beat us twice. Yep. And uh, and again, this is this is an Oregon team. They're good by all means. They are a good team, but they're not they're not an overly dominant team. They're good on the run game, so it's going to come down to that defensive line again, and and the line of scrimmage, and and as you said, right, they're going to give a much better effort. They're going to come out and want to prove something, and I think it's going to be up to Utah to kind of weather the storm that first half, first half of the first mm-hmm. quarter, because I think they're going to come out guns a blazing. They're going to want to send a message, and I think, I think we have got not only match. The intensity that they come out with, but I, I think I think you got to take it to a whole nother level. You've got to run the ball, and you've got to just you've just got to break their will early. Because if you can get another lead on Oregon and make them one dimensional again, ball game. Well, that's exactly what Utah did in that first game, and because of that, they I mean Travis Dye, who is probably their most dynamic player on offense, only had six carries. In that game against Utah for 29 yards. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you want to put it on um, the, the shoulders of Anthony Brown mm-hmm. and, and his arm. Make him throw the ball. Make them do things that they're not comfortable with. Because we saw how that went in that entire second half. They, they did that one drive um, right out of halftime, scored a touchdown, really kind of on a broken play by, by Phillips. Outside of that, they just couldn't do anything through the passing game. And and when when we we know that they're gonna pass the ball, that just allows our defensive ends and the defensive line just to put that type of pressure and just get off get after the quarterback. I mean, obviously I think Utah's gonna have some new wrinkles. Oregon's gonna have some different wrinkles in this oh, game. Yeah. Um, whether it's trick plays, whether it's just new sets. Um, new formations that maybe uh, the defense hasn't seen. There's going to be there's because neither team has anything to hide at this point. Everything's on the line for both teams, so you're going to throw everything out there. Obviously, Utah's they're not going to go away from what got them here. You're going to still see a lot of twelve, thirteen personnel. 
we're going to run the ball. We're gonna we're gonna attack the seams down down the field with our tight ends. We're gonna do that. There's no question about it. But beyond that is where you sprinkle in maybe some five wide. Um, do some more things with what getting the wide receivers involved. Um, I just I just I'm excited to see what Ludwig and Morgan Scally have have planned. Well, and especially because. As we talked about with Colorado, Utah's really had two weeks to prepare for this game. Because no matter who they were facing, whether it was Oregon, Washington State, or Oregon State, it was going to be a team that they had already played. So knowing that, you knew that they were going to have to make some wrinkles, make some adjustments of of, of what they have done previously. Um, and so I think with two weeks to kind of prepare for it, I think favors Utah in this aspect. Whereas Oregon... They had a rivalry game that they had to win to get in. And, and so for me, it's what kind of emotion is Oregon coming into this game? I think a different spot than Utah. Well, and, and, and behind the scenes, there's a lot going on at Oregon. There's rumors of Cristobal maybe heading to Miami. Their offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead, apparently is the leading candidate for the Akron head coaching job. Um. One of the one of the coaches on the defensive line is is rumored at another job. So, if if things are happening where these coaches are maybe getting uh, getting some phone calls or maybe interviewing even behind the scenes, that takes their attention away. How does that affect the coaching staff? How does that affect the players knowing that things are going on? So there's a lot. There's a lot. I think you can mix in, and you just don't know how this Oregon team's going to handle that, how they're going to come out. But but I'm pretty confident with all is said and done, they're going to put forth a much better effort um, against the Utes this time. And and even though I think Utah's going to have the advantage fan wise, they're not playing in Rice Eccles. Rice Eccles was special that night. Oregon yeah. said it themselves. One of the one of the loudest venues they had played in in years, and that affected them. You're not going to have that to that same extent down in Vegas. So there's a lot of things that have changed um, in 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 these eleven days. But the thing the thing that I like, and I think plays in Utah's favor, is eleven days ago they put a great game plan together and it worked. Oregon game plan did not work. So they've got to completely revamp it. Right? And so mm-hmm. Utah now can already take a successful game plan and still tweak it and still put even new wrinkles on it to keep Oregon guessing. Whereas Oregon, it's kind of back to the drawing board because what they what they planned to do that night in Rice Eccles did not work. So they're really starting from scratch. And I think that's advantage Utah. Again, that doesn't mean it's a it's a done deal, but I think that's definitely uh, definitely an advantage for the Utes and 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 just I mean I even take it back just to the confidence level. These guys in 2019 going up against Oregon, I'm sure I'm sure we were confident, but we hadn't played them in the season, right? And in the back of I mean in the back of every fan, Utah fans' mind, Oregon scares people. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it's playing playing that that name across the chest, playing that Nike logo. Yeah. And and you've seen what they've done in the past, had this type of speed that they have, their ability to score so quickly. You know, now this the, these guys that are going into this game 
Friday evening, they played against these guys, and not only were they successful, they were extremely successful. That I, that just gives them some confidence, which I think that confidence can somewhat offset any type of revenge or anger that you know Oregon's coming into this game with. But, but see, for me, I think yes, the Oregon's going to have that kind of chip on their shoulder because of the, their playoffs dreams were dashed in Salt Lake City. I still think even though Utah got that win, I still think Utah still has a chip on their shoulder. For sure. From 2018, but not only just because of 18 against Oregon, but I think since week four of this season, Utah's had that chip on their shoulder. For everything that they experienced and the losses in in the conference play and the losses of Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe, I think this team is just made up differently because of that. Well, and Britton Covey said as much in postgame presser of Colorado that, you know, they, they, they took this tragedy and they've turned it into something beautiful and they're playing for a, high pur- a higher purpose. And obviously, you know, all these guys have goals about, you know, getting to the NFL, winning the Pac-12. That's why some of these guys came back. Nick Ford, Lloyd, why they came back this year is they wanted this Pac-12 title. Well, now... They go through all this adversity in the off season, and then they do it all again early part of the season. It's not just their goals they're playing for. It's it's almost like the, the, these tragedies have just brought every individual together. Where now, what they preach is family, and and they're just playing. They're just playing together. And again, you know, it, when when you're playing a team like Oregon and is talented as they are i mean they clearly out recruit utah Mm -hmm. easily year in and year out they've got more talent from top to bottom but again this is going to come down to who's the better team and i think that's where utah can really show something and i'm telling you this this game in my opinion the biggest game in the history of utah football you know go back to your statement play as a team i think We've seen over the last seven or eight games, Utah is the team in this conference that is the best team. They play together. They play as a unit. They play with a purpose. Um, and, and it's shown on the field. I, we've seen, is, we've, you know, we saw early in the season Oregon go to, go to Ohio State and win. And that's a great win. But they haven't been able to successfully put games together back to back to back this this season and and they've been up and down and I think in if Utah brings the effort in their game that they've shown over the last four or five weeks, I think they're gonna they're gonna win. No and 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 I mean you listen to what the players have had to say and how excited they are for this game and how this this is why this is why these guys came back. This is the goal. Their focus is there. I'm telling you, these guys are probably spending every waking moment in in the facility watching film till late at night. These guys are are dedicated, and, and yeah, I'm sure Oregon's doing the exact same thing. Those guys want to win too, you know. But it just Oregon's won since Utah's joined the conference. Oregon's won six of these. That's crazy. They've won the last two. This they're going for a threepeat. So I know that they want it, but Utah's never experienced that. 
These guys want to be the first team in the history of this program to bring home a Pac-12 title and play in a Rose Bowl. Now, with that comes some extra pressure, right? Because they, they want it so badly. So I think that's that's where that's where they got to play this and 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 make sure that they don't come out too fired up, and 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 or maybe even too tight because they want it so badly. I heard uh, Nick Ford on the on the radio today talking about that very thing. They've got to treat this like it's every other game and prepare the exact same way, because otherwise, if you go too crazy on it. You you play tight, right? Yeah, well, and and I think Kyle talked about that in the in the 2018 game, how guys were doing too much, trying to do too much, and so they were getting out of position. Um, instead of just focusing on their main job, they they were trying to do other people's jobs at the same time, and that's where they got into trouble. Yep, and again, what you said, right? It comes back to being a team. Trust your teammates. Trust the game plan. Go do your job. And Kyle preaches that constantly. Do your job. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, this, I mean, it feels special. 2019, you could argue we felt the same thing, right? It's a special season. Um, but there's just, with what this team has gone, for, gone through, you know, it's, it's hard to say anybody deserves anything in sports because there's always going to be two teams that want it and that have put a lot of sacrifice into to getting there and, and ultimately winning that. But it just feels like, man, this team, they do, they, they, I know I shouldn't say it, but it just feels like they do deserve it. Yeah, I, no, I think you, you're absolutely right. I think based off of starting back last December, last Christmas, and then the tragedy of that, and then the Aaron Lowe tragedy and I mean just what they've built and how they've kind of uh, rallied around each other to get to this point it's almost like you're they deserve it you're right well and 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 ultimately I think we can all agree and and everybody through the Pac-12 would agree Utah to this point is the best team in the conference they've proven that they've won the most games in conference statistically they're in a lot of categories, head and shoulders above the second place team in the conference in, in a lot of categories. Overall, they are the best team in the conference. But if you don't win this game, it doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. you, to prove that you're the best, this is the game you have to win. They've, cut, they've shown up twice. They've gotten to this point twice and just come up short. Man, for this program, for this coaching staff, and for these guys who have gone through so much heartache, I so want them to. I so want them to win this. Obviously, as a fan, the three of us, selfishly, we want this too for the Utes. You know, because this is something you'll remember the rest of your life. First Pac-12 title, playing in the Rose Bowl for the first time, you'll never forget that memory ever, mm -hmm. the rest of your life. But I'll tell you, man, these guys be storybook ending. It really would. To end it in the Rose Bowl. You think about that, I mean, that it is a lot of pressure yeah. on them. And, uh, and, and that's where I think a Cam rising and kind of his mentality really is helpful here. Is just he stays loose, you know. He's that you hear it all the time. He's that type of leader. 
guys are just comfortable with, you know, pre-game, every game this season, there's photos of Cam rising, whether it's on the Ute walk, headed to the bus, whatever it is, and he's got a big old smile on his face, right? He's just enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. He's enjoying what he's doing. And that's what you got to do, right? Obviously, you're going to be nervous. But if you get too nervous where you're just so laser focused and you just can't enjoy it, I think that can affect your play. And I know we're probably diving into territory we're not qualified to talk about here, but I think we got, I think we've got the right team and the right guys in the right positions that can keep this team in a, in a, in a mental, mental spot where they can just come out and play their, play their game, trust themselves and just go out and, and just prove it. You got to do it one more time. You do it one more time, you're remembered forever. Yeah. Pasadena, here you come. Go Utes. I'm like going to cry over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That kind of do, uh, you got our thoughts around this game and, and where this Utah program is right now. Uh, we're going to take a break when we come back. Let's, let's talk some Pac-12 and the news that that's hitting in the conference. Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why? And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's peachy. Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving. Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force One. Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast. Cybersecurity declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left. We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, so the big news in the Pac-12, USC has their coach, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. I don't think anyone saw this one coming. out of left field. Wow. Big time. That's a big time high. Oklahoma loses, you know, their rivalry game against Oklahoma State. It's knocked out of the Pac-12 champ or Big 12 championship game. And the next morning, Lincoln's out the door. That's it's 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 as unprecedented. Fan, and as a fan of the of the of the Pac-12, that's a great hire by USC. And probably in my opinion something that the conference needs. Oh, it, it the conference needs great PR because for so long they've just been dragged through the mud by literally everybody. And and you know, I mean obviously Utah Utah's helped immensely with with what they've done and Oregon obviously, but outside of Washington and Oregon, you know, several years ago Pac-12 has not been represented in the, in the in the playoff, and ultimately that's the downfall. That's what everybody gets judged off of. You know, even though the ACC sucks, you have Clemson, and they've still been representing that conference. Pac-12 from top to bottom is a lot more competitive, but just have not had that top tier team that can they can get to the playoff or at least do it do it consistently. And and we'll see if if uh, Lincoln Riley can be the guy to do it. I don't know. I'm I'm in the boat. He's going to do it. 
I which which makes it even more important than this is our year. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that, and and I know you know there's a lot of opinions out there that oh we said that when uh, Chip Kelly got hired, or we said that when um, Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards, and and whatever. And Utah's just maintained their level of play, continue to get better, and they're right there. And we will. Lincoln Riley, he's going to recruit like gangbusters. They're going to have so much talent, and they are going to be good. But they're not going to be unbeatable. And guess what? We're tough to beat, and we're tough to beat in Rice-Eccles. Yeah, we, we may not go on a run where we win uh, four South titles in a, in a five-year span or a six-year span. But I'll guarantee you, Utah. Utah's not going anywhere. But you give credibility to this conference by banking a hire like mm. that, and then if he can be successful, it will help the conference in general, oh. right? Because guess what? Oregon doesn't want to get passed over. They're going to up their game. Utah doesn't want to get passed over in the same division. They're going to up their game. Competition breeds competition. And and to your point, I I don't see this league turning into a one team conference where it's USC and just everyone else is just happy to get a paycheck. If if he's that good, USC has the ability to do that though, because the way that they will recruit, they're going to have four and five star guys at every position. They on already the field. do. They do, but you look at Pete Carroll what he did and i know that's a different generation but nobody touched him when they got it going nobody did they controlled the pack to what pack 10 at that time and they won national titles if and it's a big if it's a big climb but if if he can get there and and kind of duplicate what he's done at o- oklahoma they're gonna be tough well i'm not i'm not arguing they won't be tough I I think they can and probably will be the best team in the Pac-12. I, I guess my whole point is I don't think they're going to be untouchable. Nope. No, they won't no, be. In, in all honesty, though, he is a good hire, but he's not completely proven in his ability to to win consistently, especially in big games. Yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty good, for a 38-year-old, he's got a pretty good resume behind him. You know, three college football playoff appearances, six six titles in the Big 12. He hasn't been a head coach all that long. And so he has won. Now, he, he didn't bring Oklahoma a title. He didn't even win a game in the college football playoff. And, you know, there's whispers out there that his offense, just like it happened with Urban Meyer, it happened with Chip Kelly, they, they bring a new offense and it's... Nobody touches it for a while. And then teams slowly start to figure it out. And there's whispers out there that that's what's happening with him. And defenses, each each passing year, defenses are going to kind of figure out a little bit better way to scheme against them. And uh, and, and I think you're already seeing that with, with what Oklahoma State has turned into and what what they did in order to beat Oklahoma, and they just did it. So yeah, nobody's nobody's invincible. Even Nick Saban at Alabama is not invincible. Um, but along the way, they can be pretty good and pretty dominant. And then some other news as far as coaches in the Pac-12. Unfortunately, to 1280, they didn't hire who 1280 has been pushing for the last three months. Uh, but Washington has hired Kellen DeBauer from Fresno. I, I'm that one. 
kind of shocked me from other names that that we had been hearing out of that coaching search. Is I don't know. Fresno's had a good couple of years, but decent years. That's that's a big jump to go from Fresno State to Washington football. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, probably not the longest tenure at Fresno either, but. but yeah, there's a lot of people who think it's a, it's a solid hire. Definitely not a flashy. It's not it's not going to touch what USC just did by any means. Um, but uh, you know what? He'll he'll probably uh, be better for the program just because he's not a mess like Jimmy Lake. So uh, right there, they're they're already they're already looking at a at a, at a better situation. So yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know much about him, so I'm not sure I've got much of a uh, of an opinion at least yet. Uh, and then following that up, Washington State's hired their interim coach, Jake Dickert. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I think Washington State fans should be happy with that. He got them one, one game away from the Pac-12 championship game where, you know, just kind of like Utah, four games into the season, it, it could have gone south big time for that program. And then everything that happened with them, losing half their coaching staff, and for him to kind of get those guys rallied around, you know, kudos to him. Yeah, he. I think he rallied the troops and and did a good job, and they all bought in. It seemed like the team bought into what uh, what he was doing. So yeah, definitely good for him. But but I think even bigger news is that Herm Edwards is still employed at I ASU. Did, I did see that Herm will be back. Thank you, ASU. We'll take <laughs> it. Keep him there as long as you like. I got a question for you guys. Will Justin Wilcox be the head coach at Cal? Meaning that he's going to get an offer and, and bolt because his name keeps popping up. He, it came up at Washington, it did. and he had some roots up there. Um, I I doubt he gets picked off because Cal has not. I mean, they were they were pretty bad this year when he when he first got there. He kind of was able to. He had a moment. Quick. He had a moment. Kinda. He's even had moments this year. Like they'll play a really good game and beat opponent they shouldn't. You don't think they should win? They should beat. And then the next week they just get steamrolled. Now, now he may want out of Cal. That's just, what I'm just talking for of. the fact that that city and that university are making it very difficult on him and his program and recruiting. So yeah, I, I uh, oof, that's a tough one. I, I just can't see there be a ton of suitors for him with with really the results they've been having. Maybe Notre Dame will come calling. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> Ryan's calling it. Justin Wilcox will be coaching the Irish. <laughs> uh, quickly, just looking at the scores from this past week in the Apple Cup, Washington State beats Washington 40-13. to Again, I mean, what Washington State did during that season, uh, you know, good for that program, and, and hopefully they can get a, a good bowl, good, good bowl opponent for them. Stanford gets crushed by Notre Dame, who's now looking for a coach. Uh, 45-14. Uh, Oregon in the beats Oregon State 38-29. Oregon State kind of made a run there at the end. Yeah, they they started off awful. I mean, just atrocious. That that's that's what cost them that game. But yeah, they did they didn't make it close late. And then freaking USC lays an egg. They had that game against team down south. Well, yeah, I mean, Algier was trying to give it to B- or give it to USC, but kept couldn't hold on to the ball. But uh, nobody from USC wanted to jump on it. And Arizona finished the season at one and eleven. Uh, they're looking for a, a, a D coordinator, 
in this off season. Yeah, man, there's a lot they're looking for. At UCLA beats Cal forty two to fourteen. All right, so overall, I think it's a typical Pac twelve season where not a lot to talk about in the non conference. I think really it's the Oregon Ohio State game is really the only thing the Pac twelve can kind of as a conference hang their hat on. Uh, definitely need to get better. Need to get better in at a conference. We'll see what happens in the future with the changes at USC and with this new commissioner that changes he has mentioned maybe even going to eight conference games i think will be interesting there's even talks about getting rid of divisions and just having the and, two best teams and play. here's a thought what are your right off the cuff what are your initial opinions or thoughts now that uh, this hire at usc do you want to be in usc's division i think it makes a compelling argument to to not have divisions or not be in the division that USC's in. With- right, because, you know, if you get rid of divisions, it's then the top two teams, um, you know, regardless of where they're located at the end of the season to play for a Pac-12 title. If USC does become dominant, winning the South just becomes really difficult. And I, I really think that the Pac-12, if they go to an eight-game schedule, I think they will model the SEC and really try to protect the Oh, for teams. sure, for sure. And I think getting, going to eight, eight games, getting rid of conferences really helps accomplish that. Um, but well, we'll see. Kind of what goes down that road. Uh, before we end this, this episode, we'll go ahead and do our predictions for the game. Scott, please tell me you're picking Oregon. Yes. <laughs> please. Stay on that bandwagon. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been pondering this. Uh, um, earlier in the day before we recorded, I was on the phone with uh, Fernando and trying to get his counsel on this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take one for the team. I picked against the Utes. At USC? A few days ago. And uh, picked, uh, picked Oregon over Utah, and that went extremely well. So for the sake of the Utes, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go, I'm going to pick Oregon. 31 to 28. Ryan, where are you going? But it's all Utes, man. <laughs> that pick is strictly some divine juju to twist things up. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Scott picked Oregon. Oh, thanks, PK. <laughs> all right. I, of course, have the Utes winning. I think it's going to be a closer game than the last one. I got Utes 31, Oregon 24. So for this episode, I wore my USS Salt Lake hat, my nice gray U of U hat, just to spite Scott. Hey, I'm team gray now, dude. It doesn't work on me anymore. Wearing this in support of the Utes, what they did to Oregon, wearing this uniform, wearing these colors. You have a uniform on underneath that? I got Utah, 38, Oregon, 27. Mm. Mm. Going with 38 again. 38 twice. Back to back, 38 points. I'd take that. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Is there another special teams touchdown for the Utes in there? As long as there's not a special teams turnover (laughs) or a special teams giving up a touchdown. 
All right, so one last prediction on top of this. How many Ute fans in Vegas? I'm going to go I'm going to go 30,000. Ooh. That's Ooh. nice. That's big. I I'm not quite sure the number, but I think it's really I think it's going to be I'm guessing 60%, 70% Utah fans. Well, I asked, I asked for a number, so you got to give me a number. <laughs> if and if there's 30,000 people going down, we better leave early. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number, Cam? I'll, I'll go with Ryan. I think 30,000. I'm going to say, just to one-up you guys, 31. <laughs> get in your cars, you fans. Find a way. Go support this team. And guess what? I have a good feeling about this. In the words of the great Ben Crenshaw, all I'm going to say is I got a good feeling about this. I like it. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? Ryder Cup quote right there, baby. People can find me on Twitter at Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? You can find me as a Pac-12 title champion at Uteman underscore forever. Let's go, Utes! Come on! You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Utah Man Podcast, our home, UtahManPodcast.com, and anywhere that's no podcast, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets that ring and that trophy of the Pac-12 championship. We will be there in Vegas. We hope to see you guys there too. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. See you in Pasadena, Utes. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.